worship leaders, worship musicians, and those who love to worship. Do you ever read a passage of scripture and think, there's probably a lot more to this than I know? Yeah, it happens a lot. And it happened to me just recently. I want to share with you what I've learned about the altar of uncut stones that God commands the Israelites to build in Deuteronomy. It has a lot to do with our worship. Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Worship Homestead. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. We're in part one of a multi-part series entitled An Altar of Uncut Stones. We're going to talk about what that means to the ancient Israelites and what that means to us today, and there's a lot to it. So this will probably be a three-part series, but before we get into that, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free worship training bundle called the Worship Booster Pack. It has five different modules to help you and your worship team in all areas of worship. There's 10 commandments of worship songwriting to help you as a songwriter. There's cheat codes for church sound. This has 25 tips that are quick wins for you and your tech team to make your live stream or live sound sound much better. There's how to build a better band. This PDF explains the five elements of a full sounding team, what the job is and what the job is not so that each one of your members can fulfill their role to the best of their ability. There's my online workshop, Five Elements of a Full Sounding Worship Team. This is a course that I usually charge for when I visit churches, but I'm giving to you absolutely free. All of that and more is available as part of my worship booster pack. Just go to my website or click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash worship booster pack. All right, let's talk about the altar of uncut stones. A little bit of background. In Deuteronomy, the Lord is preparing Israel to go over the Jordan River into the promised land, and he's giving them instructions about what they're supposed to do as soon as they get there. So it shall be, when you cross the Jordan, you shall set up on Mount Ebal these stones as I am commanding you today, and shall coat them with lime. Moreover, you shall build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not wield an iron tool on them. You shall build the altar of the Lord your God of uncut stones, and you shall offer on it burnt offerings to the Lord your God. And there you shall sacrifice peace offerings and eat there and rejoice before the Lord your God. You shall write on the stones all of the words of this law very distinctly. Okay, that's interesting. I've known about that passage for a long time and have never really thought much about it. But recently I've been looking it over again, and so I went online to go find out what what is the significance, what's the spiritual symbolism of that altar of uncut stones? Because very often in the Old Testament, things that are physical in the Old Testament are referring to spiritual things in the New Testament. So what's going on there? Well, here's what I found out. When you look at the most common explanations for what the altar of uncut stones is, some people say, well, the altar of uncut stones is the Bible, right? And we can't chisel the word of God or cut it in any way. You know, we have to, we have to come to the text as a whole entity and not cut it to, to get our own meaning out of it. And while that's true that we shouldn't change the word of God to make it mean what we want it to mean, I don't believe that the Bible is the altar of uncut stones. Mostly I believe that because it says in the scripture that you're supposed to that the Israelites were supposed to write the law or the Torah onto the stones. And so for them the old the old testament the Torah was the Bible. Why are we writing the Bible on the Bible? All right, that's the first thing. 
I've also heard the interpretation that the altar of uncut stones is our worship and how it should be unadorned, that we shouldn't use an iron tool on it, right? Talking about the altar, that means that our worship to the Lord should be unadorned and that it proves the sufficiency of God and that anything that we can do as humans is insufficient. And so we shouldn't have adorned worship. Not really sure what's going on there, because in the tabernacle, obviously, the Lord um, has all sorts of ornate things like uh, the candlesticks and the uh, the table of showbread and the altar. There's all sorts of human craftsmanship involved, so I, I don't think that's what's going on here. Don't think that fits. And finally, this is probably the best one, is, well, the altar of uncut stones refers to Jesus, because in the Bible, everything refers to Jesus. Well, the problem with that interpretation is that Jesus clearly in the New Testament is called the cornerstone, right? The headstone, the foundation. He is the stone, but when we read the rest of the New Testament and it talks about the temple of the Lord, he can't be all the stones. He's the cornerstone. So why would he be the altar of uncut stones in the Old Testament? And all of this had the really big problem of context is that it, it must have meant something to the Israelites in that time period. We can't just go back 2,000 or however many thousands of years and say, well, this is, this is what we think it is. We probably should meet the Bible on its terms. So I did some digging and started looking around and seeing what I could find. Well, in Exodus, God ordains Aaron as the high priest. And so he has these robes to wear, these very specific garments, and he also has a breastplate. And on that breastplate, they were to have 12 inset gemstones. And each of those gemstones had one of the 12 tribes of Israel engraved on that gemstone, one of the 12 sons of Israel. So the symbology is the stones, the 12 gemstones, refer to the 12 tribes or the sons of Israel. Stones, sons. It happens again. In the book of 1 Kings, Elijah goes up against the prophets of Baal. We probably know that story if you've been a Christian for any amount of time. Well, after the prophets of Baal do their thing, Elijah picks 12 stones, which are, it says in scripture, the 12 tribes of Israel, and he sets up an altar to the Lord. So, 12 tribes, 12 stones. There it is again. And finally, in the book of Joshua, when they do cross into the river Jordan, Joshua says, each of the 12 tribes of Israel are to take a rock from the riverbed of the dried up river. You know, they're crossing over the Jordan. It's, it's stopped and they're walking over in dry land. He tells each of the heads of the tribes, take up a stone. We're going to make an altar out of these 12 stones. So over and over and over again, stones and sons are linked, but they're not just linked in their usage. It's even linked in the language itself. So when I looked up the Hebrew word for stone, I got the word eben. Okay. Eben is a three-letter word, and the it's actually a pictograph. So the old Hebrew, Paleo Hebrew, is a pictograph. So each one of the letters actually is a picture of something, like the letter Aleph, which is where we get the, the letter A. It's actually a little picture of an ox head because the ox was strong, so it symbolized strength. Well, the pictures in the word eben or stone are strength, house, and life which makes sense because they used stones or rocks to build their houses with, okay? Well, when you look up the word son in Hebrew, the word is ben. It's only one letter different from the word stone. Stone is eben, three letters. 
The word son is ben, two letters. And the word son means builder of a family name, right? In the same way that you use stones to build a house. For the Hebrews, sons built up the family name. They built the house in a relational sense, whereas the stones built the house in a physical sense. So for the ancient Israelites, even down to their language, sons and stones are very closely linked. Let me prove it to you. Here we are in Joshua. This is where Joshua is telling the 12 tribes of Israel, each one of you take a stone from the riverbed. Well, here's what he says in Joshua 4, 5. And Joshua said to them, cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone, that's the eben, on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. That's sons, that's Ben. Let this be a sign among you, so that when your children, and that word children is actually sons, when your Ben ask later, saying, what do these stones, what do these Eben mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. It's a pun. It's a play on words. When your sons, your Ben, ask about the stones, the Eben, this is what you say to them. Isn't that clever? That happens all the time in Hebrew. But it doesn't just happen in the Old Testament. Let's look at something that John the Baptist says in the New Testament. Here's another passage of scripture that I never really got until like last week. Here we are in Matthew 3. John the Baptist is talking to the Pharisees and he is giving them both barrels. And he says something that's really interesting, but, but that I never got that was a joke. Here it is. Matthew 3 verse 7. We'll start there. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. Now, when you read that in the Greek, it doesn't mean much. Stone is lithos and children is technon. But there's some evidence to suggest that Matthew was originally written in Hebrew. And even if that's not true, John the Baptist understood Hebrew, and so did the Pharisees. So read this passage again, and let's put in the Hebrew words for sun and stones. And do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these Eben, God is able to raise up Ben to Abraham. Ha! Huh. It's a witticism. Again, it's a play on words, and not only is John the Baptist making fun of the Pharisees, he's doing it in their native language. So in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a direct link between stones and sons. And isn't that cool that the altar of uncut stones is now in the New Testament, the temple of sons. That's us, everyone who is a Christian, both male and female, we are sons in the temple of God. We build the family name. But that's only one of the components. Remember, the altar has four things going for it. It's made of stones that are uncut, that are covered in white plaster, that have the law written on it. What's going on with the rest? We'll get there in future episodes. Hey, I hope that video was helpful to you. And stay tuned because as we unlock more of what the scripture means in future episodes, it gets really fun. Again, if you need help with your worship team, go to my website, blueprintsounds.com or click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash worship booster pack. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.